It's Halloween weekend, and we will be talking a little bit more about that before the end of the program tonight. Uh, but um, of at least equal importance and certainly of more importance to us here at TPC, it is our anniversary weekend now, 19 years on the air. And I was telling Keith Alexander in the last segment, there's only been one person uh, who has been here from day one until the present. And I guess that's yours truly in a way. But behind the scenes, that's certainly not true. There is one person who has been with me since even before the very first step. And that's my wife, who has uh, actually joined us here. Surprise guest, if you could call her that. Surprise. <laughs> <laughs> uh, during uh, the opening segment of this, our third hour. Now, we've told the story before, uh, probably on some of the Valentine's Day broadcasts when we bring all of the ladies on. But I first met my wife in the summer of 2001. Now, this is 19 years on the air for TPC, so that goes back, uh, that'll take us back to 2004. But it was in the summer of 2001 when I first met the young lady who would eventually become Mrs. Edwards. And, <laughs> Keith. But, um, so 2001, that was a year after the Buchanan campaign, but a year before I had uh, decided to run for office and a full three years before. Uh, the the start of the radio program and so she has been with me since for all of it for all of it <laughs> literally for all of it not notwithstanding buchanan so um how are you doing tonight good uh, you got to get close you, i got to tell you like i tell keith at least keith's been on 19 years and he still doesn't get <laughs> I, know, I know how to do all it. Right, I know. I got it. I got it. All right. So you can remember all the way back. I just remember how many people have held this microphone yeah, and how close right. they've had it to their Probably lips, a few germs on that windscreen. So I'm a little hesitant to hold it that close. Yeah, there's probably some there's stuff on that There's only one person that's been this close. <laughs> now, I can remember you when I was running for office in uh, the fall of 2002. You were out at the campaign booth at the carnival and at the local fall festival hanging out hanging out and handing out uh, literature and then the, the show started and then the rest is history now one thing i want to mention uh the early days of the of the show and still to this day i mean you've always done it but i can remember in the first house that we had when we had just first gotten married i can remember sitting in that den with the wood paneling yes and you and i just sitting there together stuffing envelopes and you still do I that still but do i still I, you still do that but i i i remember that i remember that, I, re doing it. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that one though i mean you really have been a part of this the whole way uh, what has that been like i mean there it's there's some good and some bad in there what do you mean i'm i mean i'm honored to be able to have the life that i have and be able to stand and watch you it is close to my mouth yeah but it's got to be really close or at least you've got to talk louder you're, you're <laughs> you can go go I'm honored to have the life that I have and I know that I'm blessed and I know um that there's sacrifices that come with that with you know having the well I I, I, I tell you what you're driving at uh we actually had Sam Bushman on in the last hour so you and I and the kids were going on a walk around our neighborhood last week a few days ago whenever it was you know i'm not going to speak as eloquently uh, this <laughs> makes me nervous <laughs> no no you're doing great but you were reading a little bit of the rolling stone article and you started laughing at how they were characterizing oh, yeah, sam sam bushman he's one of the kindest nicest people i've ever i've ever met and and you know 
for people to make fun of or say some of the things that they've said is is just ridiculous. Well, you can see you know, when you obviously see through that. You were laughing, and I said, you know, what's what's so funny? He said that how they're talking about Sam. He's not like this at all. And of course, but this yeah. is one of the benefits or benefits. I, I don't know if that's even the right word, but one of the things that you know from being behind the scenes of all of this is you know all of these people, and you've gotten to know so many yeah. of the guests, uh, so many of the they've, regular guests. They've really been a part of our family, and. That's the word again. Now, she has not been in here for the previous two hours. That word has come up so many times, family, family, family. But you consider them to be that, and so do I. Absolutely. I mean, some of these people have been around since I've been, you know, 16 years old, and there's been a lot of wisdom and a lot of of things that I've learned and and really grown up with a lot of these people. And, you know, I'm, I'm... and their homes and and, yeah, and them in our home yeah in our home and, yeah. and, and even and maybe some to trips together watch people build families and you know support our family well there's just so many people i mean there's so many people we could single out but the, the, the we were talking with this with jack ryan about some of the people that come to conferences now we're talking about people that we can't mention on the air friends and supporters right. of the program that really more than friends but right people that we've gotten to know and, and the, there's and people that are in our everyday lives how would you let me ask you this because i asked this question of jack in the last hour how would you describe the people that you've met who are listeners and supporters of this radio program i mean i don't really think that there's there's words that can specifically um, compared compared to how they are described by the media well if anybody knew these people and knew their hearts and knew you know just how they treat people uh, you're making me worry about this stupid <laughs> microphone i can't even think well these straight. are wonderful people yes these are wonderful, wonderful people. people they are family people god-oriented uh people uh, and they are the, really the best that america Supported, has to offer i i would say that the people yeah. of this audience the the sampling size that we have met represent the very best of this country and it's salt, salt of the earth, the earth. thank it's, you Keith. that's so true that's so true um and for an example you know a, a conference that you went to recent recently and Henry wanted to go, mm. you know, for a daddy, a daddy date, just him. And he got cinnamon icing on his shirt. And one of the ladies took him back to the kitchen yeah. and got the stain out of his shirt and wrote me a letter. You know, I just wanted to make sure that stain came out of his shirt. And I just couldn't be more thankful well, for people that I'm, are in our lives like that. I'm like, glad you brought so that up. Sweet and so tender. And they really do love our families like their own well and, i'm glad you brought that up that way. that's a great i'm glad you brought that up because this is another behind the scenes on that actual trip jared taylor was speaking with yeah. me that thing and so henry and i my son and i my, yeah. turned nine years old yesterday by the yeah, way little buddy. uh the show turned 19 years old two days ago henry turned nine years old yesterday and you were very pregnant at one of our conferences with henry yes. about a week before I he was born I had him, yeah i had him the monday after but uh the uh, jared was with us and 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 i remember me and my son and Jared going out to eat at this meet and three place. And uh, we were just hanging out all weekend. And Jared said, you got to take this boy. Skating. He wanted Henry yeah. wanted to go skating. And he said, Jared said, you got to take this boy skating. And uh, I it's just, you, well, the, the people like that, like Sam and Jared, and all the regulars people as these big, profound people. And they, and they really are. But to me, they've just been a part of my life since I was, you know, a young teenager. And I just see them truly as, you know, just family and, and, I know I keep saying that, but I don't know how else to explain it. I think everybody well, you've gone on trips with these people. You've grown up. You've literally grown up with these people. I've known yeah. you since you were a teenager. Everybody can relate to the term family. They know what family means to them, and you know they're just such important. They serve such important roles in your lives, and and well, I can't imagine 
without these people. One of the things I was going to mention tonight, but we don't have time now because we only have you for one segment and we're running out of time, but we're doing a project with the kids where you're teaching the yes. kids a little bit more about the different Exploring nations. Exploring countries and cultures, yeah. Exploring countries and cultures. And so many of our international guests yes. have participated in this project that my wife thought up of. And you look really good, by the way. <laughs> but I, uh, she came up with this thing, and we'll tell you more about that in a in a in a subsequent show. But so many of our international friends have participated in this project. We'll tell you more about it next time. Love you. The Honorable Cause of Free South is a collection of twelve essays written by Southern nationalists. The book explores topics such as what is the Southern nation, what is Southern nationalism, and how can we achieve a free and independent Dixie. The Honorable Cause answers questions on our own terms. The book invites readers to understand for themselves why a free and independent Dixie is both preferable and possible. The book pulls in some of the biggest producers of pro-South content, including James Edwards, the host and creator of The Political Cesspool, and Wilson Smith, author of Charlottesville Untold, Arkansas congressional candidate and activist Neil Kumar, host and creator of the Dissident Mama podcast, Rebecca Dillingham, author of A Walk in the Park, My Charlottesville Story, Identity Dixie's Patrick Martin, and yours truly, Michael Hill, founder and president of the League of the South, as well as several other authors. The Honorable Cause is available now at Amazon.com. In Message 1, we said that Satan, the father of lies, John 8.44, gave the left evil, spiritual power, the more they used the lies. The political left today is the beast. Now the Bible confirms that the dragon gave him the beast his power. Revelation 13, 2. The extra evil spiritual power that comes from the beast by their lying is what accounts for the string of the leftist criminals in the government that have never yet been prosecuted. It also explains why American capitalists support communism in the 21st century. Note 1. That behavior of capitalists was predicted by Vladimir Lenin, a cell of the beast. Note 2. Henry Ford was a capitalist, and he would have never gone communist. The difference between Ford and the present-day, end-time capitalists is that Ford was born and educated in the Kingdom of Christ, 19th century America, the New Jerusalem, Revelation 21. Hey there, little red riding hood. You sure are looking good. You're everything. Big bad wolf could want Little Red Riding Hood I don't think little big girls should Go walking in these spooky old woods alone All right, welcome back everybody to uh, that synthesis that we have this time every year. Or at least on some years, sometimes we celebrate the anniversary even earlier than this. Sometimes we celebrate it the week before the 26th, sometimes the week after. You just never know. Uh, but tonight, it is our anniversary broadcast and also uh, our annual Halloween broadcast, as you can tell with this festive music. And another uh, teammate who has been a part of the show for a long, long time, Courtney from Alabama. Now, Keith, we, we hear from Courtney regularly on our special broadcast, whether it be Confederate History Month or maybe even sometimes the 4th of July, certainly on Valentine's Day and throughout the year in between as well. Halloween, she normally features, uh, sometimes Christmas too. 
I sent her some email articles today, by the way. And uh, sometimes when I go out to conferences, I'll, I'll hear people ask, hey, what about Courtney from Alabama? You know who I like? Courtney from Alabama. Well, let's hear from her now. And as we celebrate 19 years on the air, she's been a part of it. Uh, what's she's it? part of the team. Really, uh, on the air for a long time, but even before that as a supporter. Courtney, how are you tonight? I'm good. Uh, how are uh, how are y'all doing? I always appreciate you uh, having me on. Well, we're doing good. How are you doing, Keith? Uh, I'm doing great. <laughs> well, let's toss it back then to uh, Courtney, who I know has spent a lot of time today preparing her remarks. So, uh, Courtney, before we get into Halloween and all of that, uh, to close the show, one more segment on 19 years on the air. Uh, what's your take? Okay. Uh, um. You know, I have been, just like you said, I've been on for many different topics. Um, you know, Halloween and Christmas are a couple of the more laid back ones, with Christmas being, you know, a little more serious for obvious reasons. And and then Valentine's Day, that can be a mixture of, you know, laid back, fun, and, and more serious topics. But, you know, to be honest, my favorite time being on the show and um, and also – you know, as far as, you know, featured guests that you have, and I hope I'm taking this in the right direction. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I, I get the most excited over the topics, uh, over three different topics that I associate with my identity. I have three identities that I celebrate. Uh, one of them is, you know, my Southern heritage. Um, the other one is, you know, uh, early America, the founding fathers, the pioneers, and the settlers. That's also part of my heritage. And then you go back before that, our heritage in Europe, particularly um, for me and the three of us, particularly Great Britain. And so I love it when either I'm on the show talking about either of the, any of those topics or when you have other people on. Um, for Southern Heritage, of course, there's Confederate History Month. That's always that's always one my probably my most favorite and then and then uh you know when you're broadcasting from Alabama and then uh and then your South Carolina broadcast <laughs> oh man that that is always that that's always a very I, I really enjoy that one and then you know and of course you know for the second part of my identity early America I always enjoy the 4th of July uh, when you have, when, when either of the two of you or you have guests on talking about, you know, the founding fathers and what they really, you know, envisioned for this country. Um, and, you know, and then when I get to come on and talk about it. And then, you know, the third identity, Europe, particularly Great Britain. I, I really like it in, in March when you do the March Around the World. I think that's what it's called. And, um, and especially, you know, again, I have a bias, but especially when you when you have the leaders on from uh, Great Britain, I just feel the closest affinity to them, and um, and so I just I, I like all three of those topics, and and I want to let the audience know I got permission uh, from James ahead of time to you know to kind of talk about you know start with that, but then also talk about why I'm passionate about this topic. So I I don't want it to sound like I'm meandering or straying, and and I'll try to wrap this up quickly so it doesn't sound like I'm rumbling but you know there's a there's a reason for uh for what I'm going into it's 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 just why I'm so passionate about these topics um I just you know I, I feel like uh let me look at the right notes here <laughs> uh you know the, those three identities that I just mentioned I, I feel like you know the three the the, the groups and, and those three identities kind of overlap in this country as far as the Americans that 
can trace their heritage to those identities. Like there's a lot of overlap between them. And um, I feel like, you know, they're, they're really the most attacked in this country. There's an effort to erase them from history. Um, there's a celebration of immigrants and, you know, and it's, it's, it's to the point where, you know, it's like we, we're at the point where we act like the people who are descended from those three groups I just mentioned, it's like we just don't exist anymore. We're deliberately undercounted in censuses. I mean, there's, there's a bunch of reasons for that. Um, and, and I'm going to talk about that more on the 4th of July. Um, but I mean, it's, it's kind of obvious. I mean, the, there aren't very many. I mean, you don't really hear very many Americans going on about. Oh, I'm so I'm so proud of my British ancestry. It's like that's the one ancestry nobody really talks about. But another thing I want to point out is, uh, you know, this idea that we're all just a bunch of European mutts. Um, you know, I, I I think you know liberals love to repeat that over and over again. Just like this idea that we're a nation of immigrants. I think they do it to demoralize the whites in this country make us feel like we don't really have anything to fight for. And I hear a lot of people in our movement repeat that too, but they do it for different reasons. They do it to bring white people together. Like we shouldn't be focused on our ancestors. We should come together as one blob of white people. Well, the problem with that statement though, is that it's not really true. Um, I'm noticing more and more as white people are doing their ancestry DNA tests, they're discovering that most of them are actually mostly you know they can they they can connect themselves to mostly at least you know one part of Europe a particular region of Europe a particular country and the part of America that you're from says a lot about what that region of Europe is and what that particular ancestry is and I think as more white Americans do these ancestry DNA tests I think a lot of people are going to be in for a huge surprise white Americans are a lot more homogenous than what we are currently being told and this Sean Hannity view of America that we can all just forget our ancestries and become one as Americans and um, or, or even this idea in our movement that all of us as white people can just, you know, come together. I mean, I, I, I just I think that that ship has sailed. Um, I mean, we've let so many immigrants into this country at this point that there's there's too many people here right now who categorize themselves as their old world ethnicity more than being America, more than being American. So I think it's time for founding stock Americans to start doing what everybody else is doing. And this, this doesn't mean being mean to other white people or excluding them if they sympathize with us, but I just think we need to see ourselves more as a group than we we currently are doing. And I'm gonna make one, yeah. uh, just a, a, a parting statement on that um, because I don't want people to think I'm going on and on about this like it's the 4th of July <laughs> but in close and I just want to make, make a parting statement on this and then I want to hopefully give have time to give you all some compliments as host of the show but patriotic alternative that's that group over in Britain that Mark Collette is a part of um, they're doing a lot of work over there for uh, Great Britain they recently had a conference and there was an Australian fellow who got up to speak and he started his speech by saying, um, I am an Australian, but Britain is my ancestral home. Um, so other than caring, other than caring about Australia's future, Great Britain is the other place in the world that I care the most about. And I'm kind of paraphrasing. Um, and, you know, I think a lot of Americans in our movement should probably, you know, 
start taking that approach too. Um, you know, I think Eastern Europe is a great place with a great culture. We can learn a lot about it. I think they have a great future ahead of them. Um, but that is not where most white Americans came from, and I don't think it should be our main focus uh, most of the time. But so, anyways, uh, I'm done with that, um, and I, and you know, and I, I've, these these topics that I'm so passionate about talking about on the show or hearing others talk about, I've always felt this way. I mean, ever since I've joined the movement, but it's really only recently, and I've always just been so afraid to be bold about it because I, I feel like there's a stigma attached to it, like it's considered divisive. And it's only recently that I thought, you know what, I'm just going to say how I feel and or I'm going to say what I feel. Uh, I, I don't see anything wrong with what I'm saying. I think it needs to be said. And I, I'll stop talking about it when James tells me to. <laughs> um, but uh, but thank you for letting me on and um, – and I, I really appreciate how positive James is, like letting letting all of us on and talk about what we want to talk about. It kind of gives us a safe space as pro-white people, if I can sound like a liberal. But, um, you know, and I appreciate <laughs> Keith for, oh, I really appreciate Keith for always being my cheerleader on this topic. So on that note, I'll turn it back over to y'all. But I just and not to a wine second so too soon. We got a break. We'll be right back with Courtney from Alabama. Exposing corruption, informing citizens, pursuing liberty. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA News, I'm Skip Kelly. Our community can now breathe a sigh of relief. This Saturday, a sigh of relief in the state of Maine. After a 48-hour manhunt, detectives in Maine find the mass shooting suspect dead. He shot himself in the head. This after killing 18 people at a bowling alley and a bar. We're going to grieve for the families that lost loved ones here. Lewiston, Maine Police Chief David St. Pierre speaking at a news conference. We're going to continue to work, we're going to persevere, and we become better people for it. And the chief telling reporters, I just don't want to forget the families that are grieving and will continue to grieve. I don't want to forget the law enforcement officials that have worked tirelessly throughout this whole event to come to a good conclusion. I'm Laura Winters. Israeli military aircraft attacked about 150 underground targets in the northern Gaza Strip over Friday night into Saturday amid the ongoing war against Hamas terrorists. The Israeli Defense Forces said Hamas terrorists were killed while underground combat zones and other underground terrorist infrastructures were also destroyed. More than 8,700 people have been killed in the war on both sides since the October 7th Hamas terror attack. A full-scale invasion of Gaza is still looming as Israel has amassed hundreds of thousands of troops on the border with Gaza who are awaiting orders to begin. Combining flu and COVID shots might pose a potential stroke risk for older adults. A study funded by the FDA discovered that older adults who received last year's COVID booster alongside a high-dose flu shot may face an elevated stroke risk. They emphasized that the study's findings are preliminary and older adults are inherently at a higher risk due to their age. Patients are encouraged to consult their health care provider for a more comprehensive understanding of the vaccination risks. I'm John Schaefer. Well, it's Halloween weekend and some may be wary of inadvertently crossing legal boundaries with their decorations. It's worth noting that certain areas in the U.S. have regulations in place to prevent houses from being deemed too scary during Halloween. This is USA News.
Omaha Steaks is rewriting the book on burgers with an all-new handmade texture for the juiciest home-style burgers you've ever tasted. Their pure ground burgers are made from single cuts of real aged Omaha Steaks. These are truly steaks on a bun. Filet mignon, ribeye, New York strip, sirloin, and even brisket burgers. Now is the time to experience the exclusive burger perfection flight for just $79.99. Go to omahasteaks.com and use promo code Code TREAT at checkout to get an extra $20 off your order plus free shipping. You'll get four of each pure ground burger so you can sample all the steak on a bun greatness. These burgers are crafted for a juicier, more tender experience, making your mouth water with every single bite. Don't wait. Go to OmahaSteaks.com. Use promo code TREAT at checkout and get $20 off the burger perfection flight and discover your new burger obsession. Minimum order may be required. I know you are a big VHS connoisseur. Do you yes. have 1985's Fright Night? I think it's <laughs> hidden away somewhere. I'll no, I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, I say it every year at Halloween. Roddy McDowell, as the reluctant vampire killer, gives one of the most underrated performances in the history of motion pictures. Now, if you can find that DVD and blow off the dust, excuse me, not the DVD, but the VHS, well, I'll tell you one that I'll tell you my favorite <laughs> one. My favorite one is The Body Snatcher All from right. 1945, starring <laughs> Boris Karloff and Bella. Now Lugosi. you're really going back. You got that one on VHS for sure. Oh, though. absolutely, and I've got it on DVD too. Oh, okay. And it's uh, it, I, I watch it every Halloween night because I, you know, it is such so a. So on well Tuesday we're gonna know what you're doing. Yeah, exactly. Tuesday night, I'll be doing that. I won't be answering the door to the urchins that come up. Because believe me, I, I get true urchins over here in my neighborhood in the middle of Memphis. But uh, <laughs> let me let me say something in reply to um, Courtney's comments about her heritage. Uh, the English and the people from the British Isles were different from other settler groups of colonists that uh, went to the New World and beyond to, uh, you know, become colonists of their respective countries. The Spanish, for example, were interested in basically uh -oh. going to a, um, uh, a place, making a hat full of money and coming back to Spain. The English and the people from the British Isles actually went to settle, and they have created something very unique and special in the world, the Anglosphere. That would be Canada, England, uh, Australia, New Zealand, Rhodesia, South Africa. Those are the places where people from the third world wanted to go. They didn't want to go. It's not just a matter of wealth. They don't want to go to Saudi Arabia or Dubai or places like that that are very wealthy or even Japan 
or Korea, they want to go to the Anglosphere because we create a, a it, it tells the uh, quality of those settlers because those settlers may have been the scum of the earth where they were coming from, but if you gave them a land that had reasonably fertile soil and a reasonable, uh, uh, you know, growing season, they turned every one of those places into a garden spot, you know, and that's what we need to give ourselves credit for that. All right, and we do, and we do here, uh, in, we do in June and July and August and even September, but not on the anniversary and Halloween hybrid show because this is not but again, <laughs> germane to that. Halloween, though, is a um, you know, well, a we're European gonna, we're holiday go, we're, we're about and to talk largely about. an English holiday. We are about to talk about that, and you are exactly <laughs> right. Now, speaking about the English, and Courtney, you mentioned this in the last segment, too. You mentioned March Around the World. I'll give a quick plug to my uh, AFP column for American Free Press. I got a Q&A print interview with Nick Griffin, who is a mainstay on our March Around the World. He actually gave a great answer and a, a, a blunt and concise answer to the question, what was the most important lesson you learned during your five-year career in the European Parliament? And he wrote that there is, in fact, no parliamentary road to the National Revolution. And if you want to read the rest of that Q&A with Nick, uh, you'll find it in the next issue of the American Free Press, which is coming out soon. And I've got the PDF advanced version here, and I'm looking at it. And one other announcement I'd like to make is, uh, and I was about to forget, but I was asked not to forget, and in fact reminded not to do so, next Saturday, a week from tonight, we'll be in Middle Tennessee, and I'll be speaking at a League of the South event, and we'll be doing a live remote broadcast from said event. So if you want more information about how you could join us, and also uh, there will be Simon Roche from South Africa, Michael Hill, and others, uh, send me an email, james at thepoliticalcesspool.org. And if you check out, we'll let you know where to go. Uh, but that's a week from tonight in Middle Tennessee. We're going to get to that. But first, we're going to get to Halloween on Tuesday. And, Courtney, I know you've got thoughts about that. You always do. Take it away. Okay. Um, uh, yeah, I, I might save my comments I had on, uh, you know, the, the decorating and everything in the last segment. But uh, uh, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate all y'all, uh, your, your commentary there. Um, I, I want to say, you know, we're in the fall season, and I, I have to say something about football. And, uh, you know, for those of you who think we get too arrogant on this show during Confederate History Month, well, you know, we, as Southerners, we criticize ourselves on this show a lot, too, and we're about to right now. So uh, sit back and enjoy it. Uh, but anyways, uh <laughs> Um, on the topic of football, you know, that's a real big deal in the South and in the in my state very much so. It's like, you know, I, I used to be really into it years and years ago. I won't say which school I attended. I know that Keith and James know, but, you know, I try to protect my identity on here. So there's only like there's only like five people in the state of Alabama, so I'm sure the SPLC could kind of put pieces together at some point. So. Anyways, uh, but, you know, as far as cheering for football teams, um, you know, half my half my family, you know, growing up, they loved ha one side of the family loved Alabama, one loved Auburn, and 
when I joined the movement, uh, I kind of had to, it's like a switch turned on immediately. It's like, when, I, I was always racially aware, but as far as joining a physical movement and realizing, oh, there's other people who think like me, <laughs> like, um, and learning about names like Jared Taylor and James Edwards. Um, and so it's like, I, I ha- it's like I had to empty a compartment of my brain that was devoted to football so I could make space for what we discuss in the movement. And it was like it was like a night and day switch had turned on. Like I, I had no time to get excited over football anymore, and and it it was like literally like a night and day turn a switch turning on. It was amazing. It's kind of sad in a way because my dad and I used to bond over that topic. Like we, I was the only daughter that was really really into football, and we could discuss stats and stuff that you know I guess women don't really follow, and um and so it was a special bond. But after I joined the movement, it's like, you know, he would, he would always call me on the weekend. That was always a tradition. He'd be like, what did you think of the game? And, like, before we, before we would talk, I would have to quickly Google the topic and, you know, like, see how the game went. And, and, and I had, you know, sometimes a little white lies, okay. And, but I would get in trouble when he would say things like, did you see so-and-so, that pass they made into the end zone? And, oh, what did you think of that? It's like I would, I would be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> And so after a while, he caught on. And so, you know, he doesn't really call me about it anymore. It's kind of sad. But but anyways, uh, you know, there's this strange dichotomy with Southern whites in Alabama. You know, on, on one hand, we are a very solidly red state. We're much healthier in so many ways than other whites around the country. You know, Southerners in general are similar, but Alabama is just a, a very solidly red state. I don't want to bash us too much, but, you know, because we do have a lot of things that we, we're doing right compared to other people. But on the other hand, it's like there's this strange obsession with blacks playing football here. And, mo- you know, most white people in the state, they're able to watch football but still be racially aware. I have to give them that credit. But, I, I you know, I hate to say this, but in, this is where I'm getting into Halloween a little bit. But, you know, and I'm talking about football right now because it's fall. You know, that's the big thing right now. So for a lot of people in my state, so, you know, but, you know, I hate to say it when it comes to the people in my state who can be a problem, I hate saying this because I'm a Christian, I'm a Baptist, I'm, you know, I was raised evangelical, but you really see a lot of the problems in Baptist churches in Alabama. It's not so much the population at large, but like when it comes to, you know, just not really putting your race first, um, now, the churches that have really old people or people or churches out in the country, uh, you know, or, or, you know, the people in our state who didn't go to college, you know, those churches, I don't think those are really an issue. But the large churches that you see in cities and college towns, it's it's amazing. It's like this strange dichotomy. They're against celebrating something, something European like Halloween, but they worship black football and then, of course, Israel. And, well, you know, you know so, uh, let me just say this, uh, Courtney. James was talking about that exactly. He said the type of people that you see at a typical megachurch like Bellevue Baptist in Memphis are mm-hmm. totally different from the people that go to the small rural churches. Right. Exactly. And, you know, I've been in rooms. I've been at football watching parties like with the other Southern Baptists. And a black scores a touchdown and does his little dance. and I see the whole room erupt. All these white people in the room, they start dancing around the same way he's dancing, slapping each other's behinds and whooping, whooping and hollering. 
I guess we got. I guess we got to pick up at the next segment. <laughs> yeah, you've been you've been I'm on the team long enough to know what happens when the music starts. <laughs> you got one. You got one more inning here. Yeah, one more inning with Courtney from Alabama closing off this special show we do every year that synthesizes our anniversary in Halloween, and uh, she meets at the intersection of those two things tonight. Stay tuned. Hey there, TPC family. This is James Edwards, your host of The Political Cesspool. Folks, I want you to subscribe to the American Free Press, America's last real newspaper. Against all odds, AFP has and continues to publish a populist, independent print newspaper with an unparalleled track record. Founded by a dedicated group of experienced patriots, AFP pulls no punches and tackles the most controversial and pressing issues facing America from an America First perspective. I've worked with the American Free Press since even before the beginning of TPC. Now that's something. You can subscribe to the print edition by visiting AmericanFreePress.net today or simply pick up a handy digital edition subscription. However you do it, subscribe to the American Free Press, America's last real newspaper, by visiting AmericanFreePress.net or by calling 1-888-699-NEWS, AmericanFreePress.net. Former Sheriff Richard Mack recounts in his book the proper role of law enforcement, how he came to realize while working as a beat cop how wrong the all-too-common orientation of police officers is when they think of their job as being to write tickets and arrest people. Richard Mack tells of his personal transformation from by-the-number cop to constitution-conscious defender of citizen safety and freedoms. Learn what it really means to serve and protect. Purchase your copy at CSPOA.org. That's CSPOA.org. Do you know what is great about America? Ask an Immigrant. Ask an Immigrant is a new podcast dedicated to helping Americans, especially our youth, value, appreciate, and be grateful for the freedoms we have here in America. Join host Lydia Wallace-Nuttle as she interviews immigrants from around the world to discover their inspiring personal stories about why they came to America. To learn more about why America is the most prosperous, greatest country in the world, download the Loving Liberty app or go to lovingliberty.net. communion with the dead to pumpkins and pranks halloween is a patchwork holiday stitched together with cultural religious and occult traditions that span centuries it all began with the celts a people whose culture had spread across europe more than 2,000 years ago october 31st was the day they celebrated the end of the harvest season in a festival called Sowen. That night also marked the Celtic New Year and was considered a time between years. A magical time when the ghost of the dead walked the earth. It was the time when the veil between death and life was supposed to be at its thinnest. On Samhain, the villagers gathered and lit huge bonfires to drive the dead back to the spirit world and keep them away from the living. But as the Catholic Church's influence grew in Europe, it frowned on the pagan rituals like Samhain. In the 7th century, the Vatican began to merge it with a church-sanctioned holiday. So November 1st was designated All Saints Day to honor martyrs and the deceased faithful. Both of these holidays had to do with the afterlife and about survival after death. It, it was a calculated move 
on the part of the church to bring more people into the fold. All Saints Day was known then as Hallowmas. Hallow means holy or saintly. So the translation is roughly Mass of the Saints. The night before, October 31st, was All Hallows Eve, which gradually morphed into Halloween. The holiday came to America with the wave of Irish immigrants during the potato famine of the 1840s. They brought several of their holiday customs with them, including bobbing for apples and playing tricks on neighbors, like removing gates from the front of houses. The young pranksters wore masks so they wouldn't be recognized. But over the years, the tradition of harmless tricks grew into outright vandalism. Back in the 1930s, it really became a dangerous uh, holiday. I mean, there was um, such uh, hooliganism and vandalism. Trick-or-treating was originally a extortion deal. Give us candy or we'll uh, trash your house. Storekeepers and neighbors began giving treats or bribes to stop the tricks, and children were encouraged to travel door to door for treats as an alternative to troublemaking. By the late 30s, trick-or-treat became the holiday greeting. Well, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen, a little bit of background on this uniquely European cultural holiday. And, uh, and court really even more uniquely <laughs> British Isles. Well, that's Yeah, fantastic, Keith. You're, you're exactly right. And Courtney was talking about uh, earlier the, <laughs> the Southern Baptists. They... They have a problem with Halloween, but they can uh, certainly worship at the altar of the SEC football. Not that you know anything about that wearing your Ole Miss hat tonight, Keith, although you did sacrifice going to the Vanderbilt game tonight in honor of our anniversary, and I know that took a, took a lot out of you. I'd rather worship Halloween than Martin Luther King. <laughs> well, the Southern Baptists always know when to draw a hard line. Halloween and, like, the occasional beer, they're teetotalers, but uh, – you know, everything else, uh, they'll, they'll certainly bend the knee to whatever the system commands. And, you know, look, I, I can uh, understand the difference between a spiritual and a cultural holiday. I value my spiritual spiritual heritage and my cultural heritage as well. And you just uh, got a little idea about how Halloween. But, but as kind a Baptist, of, you don't celebrate All Saints Day, do you? Mer morphs all of that together. Well, there, there is Reformation Sunday, uh, you know, coming up, and we've been uh, – reminded to mention that as well but i do love all the family fun fall festivities that there are to be had out there this time of year we mentioned it earlier in the show so much of who we are as europeans were was shaped by our climate as well and being up in the northern hemisphere yes uh in no, the northern latitudes northern uh, northern latitudes i mean down here in the south which it still gets it can get cold here on occasion you're on the lines of latitude parallel with uh, Libya. Well, people don't. Oh, yeah. People but you go up understand. to Maine. You got to go all the way up to Maine and beyond to get to even where London is. Right. Yeah. And the only reason they're habitable up there, and it's not like Labrador, is because of the Gulf Stream. And so, anyway, this was an important time for our people and uh, our development, and it uh, certainly played a role in. In. Uh, our whole culture and civilization. Well, I mean, and just in terms of being able to survive, you had to use that big, beautiful brain that evolved in Northern Europe. You and had to think ahead. You couldn't just go out, uh, wander oh. out, uh, out and pick 
some fruit off of a tree like that's exactly in the equatorial age and so you go out now this time of year you take a hay ride you pick pumpkins you pick apples you go to an orchard it's harvest time this is uniquely european you go out and uh, the the local botanic gardens here they have a scarecrow contest every year and i love taking my family out to that and just all of the things this time of year and i know courtney agrees uh, this is a wonderful time uh for european people and why is that family and why is it so courtney Oh, there, there's a lot that I I love about it. Um, you know, just this time of year in general. From I think it's from it's from Halloween all the way through uh, New Year's, and then you know, on the Gulf Coast we got uh, on the Gulf Coast we also have Mardi Gras. I mean, even even though you know most of us down here aren't Catholic anymore, we still have that history down here with the Spanish colonization and the French, and there's still a lot of people descended, you know, from that on the Gulf Coast. That's a big deal down here. And I, I just I mentioned that too because yeah, from Halloween all the way through Mardi Gras, Mardi Gras, I just love, you know, uh, I I don't know how to explain it. I love you tend to decorate this time those times of the year where you put lights up and you can sit and look at them at night or or you you light up a jack o' lantern and you look at it there's something very european about it 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 just it makes me feel so calmed and and cozy and um i i just really love it that's one thing and you know the cooler weather and just all the festivities all the wonderful things that we can do with our children that we enjoyed as kids it's just so it's so it's wonderful um and of course i know uh, you had Danny on earlier, right? Yeah, opening segment of this. Hour. Yeah, yeah, and and she and I, I've noticed she and I love to decorate like for just about every holiday, and um, I noticed we have that in common, <laughs> and we dec- we both decorate for Halloween, and uh, you know, I, I just you know I like to do something for every holiday to you know, to share with my children and, and uh, not, I mean, not every holiday. I, I mostly focus on, I, I focus only on the white holidays and there's a lot of them. We have the best holidays out of all people in the world. We have the best celebration. You, but, what would you, what would you take? Uh, uh, Easter? Let's see. E- there's Easter, there's Thanksgiving, there's Christmas, there's Halloween or Juneteenth. I yeah, mean, there's exactly. The, right. the day. <laughs> I think you know the answer. <laughs> Well, yeah, we all agree Christmas is the most important, but uh, yeah, um, I, I just love this time of year in general, and um, and you know, I, I you know, I, I know earlier this month I I missed, uh, I know earlier y'all talked about Columbus Day, and you know, I, I think I, I think I need to start doing something for Columbus Day in my house too. I might I might make Italian food and play Italian opera. <laughs> I don't know. I'll tell you what I do, yeah. Courtney. Courtney, I'll tell you. every. It's, what do you watch every Halloween, Keith? What do I? Oh, uh, the body Tammy. Center. Oh, Tammy. No, I watch it in a different time. <laughs> no, you watch Tammy uh, the other 364 days. Of the <laughs> but uh, the, one movie I watch every year, and I've mentioned this before. It came out in uh, 1992. That was the 500th anniversary of Columbus, uh, 1992. Am I doing my math right? Yeah. <laughs> that sounds about right. Uh, 1492 was the name of the movie, Conquest of Paradise. Gerard Depardieu plays Christopher Columbus. Sigourney Weaver plays Queen Isabella, who my daughter is named after. And I watched it every Columbus Day, at least for the last, I don't know, yeah, well, I, I think five the Columbus to Day years. ought to be one of the most important holidays of the year for white Americans in particular. Because yeah. that's when white people came to the New World and made the presence permanent. 
and changed human history forever for the better. Courtney, back to you. Yep. Yeah, I, you know, I, I know I talk about my heritage a lot, but you know, Italy, Italy, that's another one of those European countries that is, they have given the world so much, you know, they gave us Christopher Columbus, the Renaissance. And I'm so proud, like when I look on a map of Europe, like of the Roman Empire, I'm so proud to see that England was conquered by it, <laughs> to, to know that, oh, we were civilized, you know, no, no. But, um, no, I, I just, you know, I think I think there are great cultures. There's a lot of great European cultures that have done a lot but, for us. And we were too I, civilized. I, that's why we got conquered by the Angles and the Saxons and the Danes. <laughs> well, that's okay. You know, that's all right. It's all still in the family. But, Courtney, this was something that was brought up to me in our recent Columbus Day celebration. So I'll get a quick take on this. We have about a minute remaining. Been a wonderful anniversary and Halloween show tonight, ladies and gentlemen. A wonderful for you and your family. She has children that are really going to enjoy Halloween. Well, Courtney does it big, uh, but uh, wonderful 19 years, uh, ladies and gentlemen, and thank you, uh, all of you who have had a hand in uh, in that journey as it continues. But, Courtney, we were celebrating Columbus Day, and and rightly so, uh, but a listener Mm -hmm. in Arkansas made mention of this. Not uh, anti-Columbus, but this was interesting. He said, when you celebrate Columbus Day, don't forget to celebrate uh, celebrate Queen Elizabeth I as well, because it had it not been for the English defeating the Spanish Armada, uh, we might very well be a Spanish nation today and have all of, you know, be a majority Catholic, majority, you know, Hispanic uh, culture, as opposed to the you know, be, English. Be more like Poland than England. So we, we, we thank Christopher Columbus, but we also thank Queen, Queen Elizabeth I, who was the uh, daughter of... Henry VIII. Yeah, that's absolutely right. I I love that period of British history. Oh, it was uh, wasn't it fantastic? Oh, the Tudors. If you want a movie about that, watch the Seahawk with Errol Flynn. And you need to watch the Tudors on Showtime. That you haven't watched anything since the fifties, Keith. Well, I know, but then you haven't watched anything I've recommended from from before the (laughs) nineties. James, you got to warn Keith. You got to warn him uh, uh, that that show. You know it, it. It. You know. Yeah. So it's about Henry VIII. I really loved it, but you know it was made made in recent years. And considering you know what Henry VIII, it was showtime. You know, that they had Negroes in Tudor. No, it didn't have any of that. It did, it did no. not have that. Courtney Vad for me. It, it did not have that. It, it did not. But you know, considering uh, Henry VIII and what he did, I'm sure you can guess what there's a lot of in that series. <laughs> And it was a Showtime series, so yeah, they, they, hey. they tend to like that, don't they? <laughs> All right. Hey, listen, <laughs> Courtney, we love you. For everybody who contributed tonight, I can't even name them all. Sam Dixon, Sam Bushman, I'm going to try. Jack Ryan, Scoop, um, my wife, you, uh, me, <laughs> and all of us. Sam Bushman. 19 Sam years Dixon. on the radio. That didn't come easy. You know how it happened? One day at a time. And That's it continues it. next week. We'll get back to the news. All of the lamentations and gnashing of teeth and wailing. We'll get back to it next week. But tonight was a celebration of 19 years against all odds. Good night, everybody.